Thank you for checking out Blog Theater from Happy Living. Blog Theater is Scott Berry's take on a blog post on happyliving.com. Scott is a former NFL draft pick who has turned his talents to screenwriting and performing his critically acclaimed one-man shows Solo Gig Squared and Rise. He is a man of many talents, and we hope you enjoy his burst of inspiration. The legacy of UC Davis football is this week's blog post to be tested, and I am Scott Berry, the blog tester. Full disclosure, I played football at UC Davis and was briefly a teammate of Mr. Happy Living, Matt Gersper, the author of this blog. He was a couple years older than me, which makes us insiders and clearly biased in our mutual fondness for our alma mater. And Matt's blog is more commentary than straight blog on interviews that were conducted with three former head football coaches at UC Davis, Jim Soker, Bob Foster, and Bob Biggs. Now, I like to think that everyone has their own special happy place or what I call their pond. You know, that place that feels like the center of the world where magical things happen to us as kids or young adults and that stand out in our memories vividly as the place of our glory days. That place where we were the biggest fish. And it's entirely possible that wherever we've gone in our lives, nothing has quite compared to that pond. Sure, we've created new and profound experiences. We've become parents and professionals. But something visceral happens to us in our formative years. It gets etched in our memories. It's probably why there are so many coming-of-age movies. You only turn 16 once. 21. Go to college once before entering the real world out there. UC Davis and their football program occupy that coming-of-age placeholder for me and for a lot of the players that pass through there. The question is, why? Davis isn't Alabama or USC or Notre Dame or Ohio State or even Cal or Stanford just a few miles down the road. It was then Division II football two steps below Division I and another below 1AA. Davis was even non-scholarship back then, meaning that between our families and summer jobs, some players even had jobs during school, we paid our own way. And we were led by the greatest coach most people outside of Davis in Northern California have never heard of, a slightly built, scholarly-looking man by the name of Jim Soaker. Bob Foster was our fiery defensive coordinator, and Bob Biggs our smooth and confident receivers coach and co-offensive coordinator. Both would go on to become successful head coaches at Davis after Soker's retirement, Coach Biggs even engineering possibly the greatest upset in the history of the program, the 21-17 comeback defeat of the Stanford Cardinal in 2005. And yes, I know that everyone thinks their special pond is unique, the center of not just their world, but the world. Ours was special for reasons that are sometimes hard to explain and pin down. They seem more intangible than concrete. In fact, my memory doesn't jump to the great victories and the few crushing losses. Instead, it always leads me to the people, the quality of the people, the integrity of the people, the heart of the people. That includes the coaches, players, and even the administrators. That's the intangible part. When I think of Coach Foster, I don't think of his football acumen, but of his tireless energy and enthusiasm. Coach Biggs, his effortless encouragement and positivity, and Coach Soaker, his uncanny wisdom and intuition. All were great football minds, but all were even better people 
with the primary focus of their lives, committed to helping and empowering the teams and organizations they were associated with, to quote Coach Soaker. Yes, our experience had a magical and tangible quality to it. But it was centered more on our growth as young men than it was on winning football games. And we won a lot of football games. We sent a player to the NFL just about every year, highlighted by Ken O'Brien's first-round selection. We upset Division I opponents. We annually competed in the Division II playoffs. We won 20 consecutive conference championships, an NCAA record at all levels that still stands to this day. We even played for the national championship against Southwest Texas State in McAllen, Texas in 1982. And yet, none of those accomplishments are where my mind goes when I think of the legacy of UC Davis football. It goes to the people, people I could trust. It's like we were an island of unwanted toys out to prove something as a football team. By the time most of us players arrived at Davis, we had all been passed over by somebody. Too small, too slow, too not something enough. And it's not that we didn't want to be there. We did. But if Notre Dame had offered any of us a scholarship, I'm certain we would have all said yes. We played at Toomey Field that held about 10,000. It wasn't the Rose Bowl in Pasadena or Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor or Bryant-Denny Stadium where the Alabama Crimson Tide has dominated college football for decades. In fact, years later, I went to a Michigan game and was shocked to see 105,000 screaming fans in 10-degree weather. Our home was the tomb with bleacher seating and an oak tree on the infield of the track that surrounded the field behind the goalposts in the south end zone. But it was ours. And so was the tree, apparently the only tree in America actually on an infield. We had a rusty old weight room, rusty lockers, and a bumpy practice field. But none of that mattered because we had each other. Encouraged by the coaches, Coach Soaker leading the way, we built lifelong relationships and trust. We were encouraged to focus on what we had, not what we didn't have. We built what we could, not a new stadium, but trust in each other. Coach Soaker's motto was trust, unity, and togetherness. We wouldn't be the biggest, the fastest, or the strongest, but we would be the closest, tight-knit unit functioning as one. We would work hard, but not so hard that we couldn't enjoy the experience. We would take what our opponents gave us, exploiting their weaknesses instead of stubbornly battling their strengths. We would always play hard when we were ahead and never give up when we were behind. The great miracle game of 1971 where then quarterback Bob Biggs led Davis to victory, scoring two touchdowns in the last 36 seconds of the game would serve as our never-say-die model. We would have no excuses, not officiating the weather or even our opponent. We were programmed to create our own realities and, as Matt says in his blog, be self-referral meaning that we and no one else would be accountable for the results. We would play football, not suffer at the hands of it. We would follow one single rule, as Matt describes in his blog, never let our helmets touch the ground unless they were on our heads. We would rarely talk about winning, but more importantly, talk about simply preparing to the fullest and playing our best win, lose, or draw. In fact, winning barely registers in my mind. I would struggle to tell you our records or even the scores of games, but I will never forget the men I shared the field with. 
Randy Williams, Alan Fleming, Dan Gazaniga, Sean Rogers, Dave White, Daryl Hill, John Johnson, Rob Kunin, Gerald Liggins, Matt Hesselgren, Daryl Goss, and a hundred others come to mind, including the current head coach, Dan Hawkins, who was a senior fullback in my sophomore year. Coaches like Foster and Biggs and Arp and Young and Vochester and, of course, Coach Soaker have forever left their mark on me. Even athletic director Joe Singleton and our longtime trainer Dick Lewis are etched in my memory. If anything is the legacy of UC Davis football, it's not the number of wins or a fancy stadium or even who went on and played in the NFL. It's one simple thing. The quality of the people then and the quality of the people now. Thank you for listening to Blog Theater from Happy Living. If you enjoyed this performance, please leave us a kind review. To read the inspiration for this episode of Blog Theater, go to happyliving.com backslash blog theater. <laughs>